Hey, a rare Friday edition of Village Vice, but you know what? You may just binge on the weekend. It may be a different day of the week. So, look, we appreciate you tuning in whenever you're you're tuning in. He is Zach Blackerby. I'm Brad Law, and uh, we are talking quarterbacks because that's what so many people keep thinking about, Zach, and it's such a pivotal part of of uh, not only portal season, but any college football season, regular season, postseason, anytime. Yeah, yeah, at, at any level, right? Everybody's yeah. obsessed with quarterbacks, and rightfully so. It's such a huge, huge part of uh, a team's successes and failures. So, yeah, the, people are rightfully interested in what Auburn's going to do at quarterback. I read the comments, Zach, against my better judgment and against your advice. I read yeah. every comment. Um, and I appreciate, you know, we, we appreciate everybody watching and commenting, but I saw a few on a recent video uh, talking about Peyton Thorne. And everybody has a right to their opinion on Auburn's quarterback. But I saw a few people say, well, of course Auburn needs a portal quarterback because he just can't do it. And I just mm -hmm. can't I, – I need more than that for a convincing argument because I look at the improvement over the last month of the season when the offense really maintained its identity. Right. I look at – all of the pieces coming in around him. And I I look at some history, and I think that's what we want to do today, um, look at Auburn quarterbacks who have returned for a second year in the program in recent history, and I see evidence of improvement. So I just don't buy without something other than, well, I just don't see it. I need something more than that to tell me that Peyton can't do the job because I think he can't. And, and you're about to go through some numbers, and I can't wait to hear them all, but I do think some a perspective – think about the perspective of the fact that he also – like this will be the first spring and only mm -hmm. spring that he goes through at Auburn as well. So this is a guy that came in after the spring process. It sounds like uh, – my understanding is he wanted to graduate in Michigan State before he transferred over, which is fine. But yeah. just kind of keep that in mind too. Like this is going to be – his second season, but his first true offseason with his mm -hmm. coaching staff. Yeah. All right. Let me go back just, just 10 years. Like, we're not going to go further back than 10 years. I think football looks different 20 years ago than it does now. Um, so I think to go back a lot further than that okay. doesn't serve the same purpose. Um, you know, 10, 15 years ago was really the introduction of consistent, frequent tempo teams offensively. So let's kind of keep that in okay. mind as we look at some of these numbers. All right. So Nick Marshall, 2013, 2014. Okay. Just looking at quarterback numbers, his passing yards increased from 1,976 in 2013 to 2,532. So an increase of over 500, about 560 yards per game or 560 total yards, an increase of 42 or 43 yards per game. Nick Marshall on those two phenomenal offenses, 13 and 14, mm -hmm. like juggernaut offenses, never averaged 200 passing yards per game. I think that's worth noting. Okay. Now, okay. Do, do you want to comment? Do you want to comment on these like year, like example by example, or do you want me to run through all of them and then we go from there? I think Nick Marshall was exceptional. I do think they changed their philosophy from 2013 to 2014, and they also went out and got Duke Williams, who was a big part of that receiving threat there 
Um, so different situation, but still, I think the point is there. And it's also one of my favorite stats to point to because so many people uh, talk about how Nick Marshall didn't improve as a passer at Auburn, and that's just not correct. No, it's not correct. No, he did improve. Uh, by the way, 2013, 14 touchdowns, six picks. So a little better than a two-to-one ratio. 2014, 20 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Six more touchdowns, only one more interception, nearly a three-to-one ratio. Absolute objective improvement from year one to year two. Yeah, once again, different style of offense. So, you know, I think that matters. But they felt comfortable doing that because of Nick Marshall's ability um, to grow as a passer. Sure. Yep. All right. Um, 2017 to 2018, Jarrett Stidham. And mm-hmm. this is the one where it's not flowery, but you can talk about some, some external factors here. So 2017, uh, 14 games, 2018, 13 games. Um, he attempted virtually the same number of passes. Mm-hmm. One less game in 2018. 370 attempts, 2017. 369 attempts in 18. So one more game, one fewer pass attempt, 22 fewer completions year one versus year two. Touchdowns exactly the same, 18 both years. Interceptions, he was down one interception from six to five, 17 to 18. 66% completions in 17, down to 61% in 18. And yards per game, now yards per yards per attempt, went down 0.3 yards. So pretty consistent. And then yards per game, mm-hmm. Auburn or Jarrett Stidham passed for 11 fewer yards per game his second year than his first year. Now, I think when you look at all the context of that, Brad, and you also think about, well, he lost on Johnson, SEC yep. player of the year. He lost, if I remember correctly, he lost virtually his whole offensive line. Uh, yeah. Braden Smith being the main one, if I remember that correctly, that timeline correctly. And the offense wasn't the same. The offense didn't click like it did in 2017. Also, Auburn's defense took a big step back from 2017 to 2018. And so field position, I'm sure, was impacted by that as well as total opportunities per game. So the fact that it was close is actually pretty remarkable. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, and I think that point and then the next example sort of go around the world to prove the point that you cannot, in a vacuum, evaluate. I I don't think the current starting quarterback and say by itself, well, he just, from what I see, he can, or from what I see, he can't do it. That's a, you don't have, you're not using enough information to form your argument there. So Bo Nix, and I won't go into all of the stats year by year, but his QBR, his QB rating, increased every year with the exception of 19 to 20. But remember, Mm -hmm. 20 is the COVID season where there were no non-conference opponents. You're you're not likely going to go 24 for 28 against an SEC opponent and boost boost those numbers the way you would against a a non-conference opponent. So, And it Mm -hmm. barely dipped from his freshman year to the 10-game conference schedule season of 2020 every year, big jumps year after year. The whole point there is of course guys improve year over year. If they have the metal to hold the spot in the first place, 
And mm-hmm. I think Peyton Thorne does. I think it just makes sense. If you're if you take your preconceived notion out of it, sure. It makes, it makes sense to expect that numbers are going to look better, which likely will lead to the team performing better. I think so. I think so. And also, I don't think Peyton Thorne needs to be the best quarterback in the SEC for Auburn to win eight, nine, ten games next year. I think right. on the road against Georgia, on the road against Alabama, I think that's pretty steep. I think every other game on this schedule is winnable. And if Auburn's defense can come close to what it did a year ago, and Auburn's offense be an average SEC offense, Auburn has a real path to winning eight to nine to maybe 10 games this upcoming season. And you're going to have to roll the dice on some things. You're One, you've got to finish out the transfer portal window. You've got to get some guys at certain yeah. positions that you really need. You need a starting corner, I believe. You need some strong defensive linemen that can play in that rotation, play a lot in that rotation. And you probably need one or two offensive linemen, you need one or two wide receivers. Like you got a, you got a checklist that you've got to run through. And then you also need some freshmen and not play like freshmen. And that's the whole benefit of having these five stars and high four stars is you hope that they can come in and play right away. So there's some variables here. There's no question about it. There are some variables here that Auburn needs to, they need to work out in Auburn's favor. But yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think Peyton Thorne is a concern. And look, there's so much excitement about recruiting right Mm -hmm. now. And rightfully so, there should be. They're killing it. They're doing an outstanding job. If they went out and acquired a quarterback, the money needed to acquire the quarterback, they would not be able to do what they're doing elsewhere. Like, you can't have both right now. And so that, I think that's something worth noting as well, Brad. Yeah, I agree. And so we welcome the conversation. I just sort of, I got a little bit, um, I don't know the right word. I just, I raised my eyebrow a little bit at, at the argument. Well, it just doesn't pass the eye test. Well, I don't know that he doesn't pass the eye test. If you watch. Yeah. And the, the argument that I've heard most about him missing, like he missed Jay fair on that wheel route to Texas And that's the one that pops up the most. Yeah. And that was a terrible throw. That was a terrible throw. Sure. But if you're going to do that, You've got to bring up the ones that were beautiful throws that were dropped or 50-50 balls that were ne- that never went Auburn's way, it felt yeah. like, this past season, that Peyton did the right thing with the football. So if you're going to yeah. pick the worst thing, yeah, you've got to pick other things that he did well that he did not get help on. So and it doesn't go both ways. you got to pick, you got you got to go all with all of it. Right. Your, your quarterback's not going to complete 90% of his passes. Like, we got to we got to know that right? 80% is Heisman-like. 70% is eye-popping. So you got to have a little bit of like baseball hitter perspective where the best hitters in the history of the game got yeah. out seven out of 10 times. Um, your your quarterback is not going to be perfect. And I think you just said it wonderfully. If you point out the really bad, and there were bad, sure, that Texas A&M was bad and the interception against Vanderbilt was, you know, what wasn't a bright moment. But if you're going to point those out, you have to give equal weight to the right throws, the right decisions. And I think the right far exceeded the wrong in 2023. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. You ready for a little buy sell, Brad Law? I love buy sell time and our friend Ross. 
There he is. Ross definitely takes care of uh, of us, and he can take care of you. Serving the Auburn area with locations in Auburn, Lake Martin, Fort Walton Beach, Florida, from Auburn Lake Martin to the Emerald Coast of Florida. Contact Ross Kilpatrick with Exit Realty Anchors South for all of your real estate needs. Call him at 334-402-0028. All right, time for a little buy sell. New players, first-year players for Auburn last year, so I'm counting transfers and true freshmen. New players last year accounted for 66 catches in 2023. 2024 will have more receptions from first year Auburn Tigers. You buying or selling? What was the number? 63? 66 is what 66. I got. Yeah, I buy that. I I in fact I I'm in a hurry to get to Ross and and buy that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh me too. Okay. Me too. Four I got, players. I, I got some numbers next week, by the way. Okay. That will further cement that belief. We'll, we'll get into that next week. Yeah. There's going to be a big chunk of the offseason where I think it's going to be really fun to look at five star freshman wide receiver numbers at different places. I think that's going to be fun to, to do as well. I agree. Uh, all right. Four players threw a pass for Auburn last season Peyton Thorne, <laughs> Robbie Ashford, Holden Gurner, and then Jarquez Hunter did as well. Right. Um, Less guys throw a pass for Auburn next season. You buying or selling? That's tough because you could get into yeah, you get into trick plays with some of these receivers. I will into say trick more. plays and, and Auburn may carry an extra quarterback next year, too. Yeah, I, I think the quarterback three quarterbacks throwing a pass. I may I may sell that, but you didn't ask that. You just said players, and I think with receivers, and I and I think that next year you see so it's a little bit of a longer answer, but I expect That's next fun. year's offense to be more inventive and uh, more f just fun, like generally sort of shallow fun to watch. And I think that means you're going to see the incorporation of, of some more fun stuff. And I think that includes more guys throwing the ball. Yep. I'm with you. Uh, I'm, I'm going to buy that. Yep. As or I guess I said less guys throw a pass. So I guess we're selling it. Less guys throw. Right. Yeah, we'll, so we'll we're, sell we're technically we're selling it. Yeah, with how I worded it. Uh, all right. Only five players recorded multiple sacks last season. Marcus Harris had seven. Jalen McLeod had five and a half. Asante, uh, Eugene Asante had five. Cam Riley had two and a half. And Elijah McAllister had two. Everybody else had either one or zero. Yeah. More than five players have double digit sacks in 2024. You buying or selling? I buy it. I buy it. Uh, again, I, I think with more explosiveness from the talent you have coming in in the freshman class, maybe, maybe you go get another guy who's somewhere close to McLeod in terms of explosiveness at the at the jack position. Um, yep, I buy it. I, I think you see. I think more explosiveness from the offense and the defense in year two under this coaching That's staff the goal. is to be expected. That's yeah. the goal. The, the talent is trending up. The age may be trending down. And I think there's just going to be times where the talent pops. And I think there's going to be time mm -hmm. where like, okay, like, you know, it's just an age thing. I think we're going to kind of see the bet both sides of the spectrum where it's like, maybe we beat somebody we're not supposed to. And then maybe we drop yeah. one we're not supposed to. So we'll see. I'm with you. I, I think, I think it's more, seems like Jalen McLeod's coming back. So you feel like he'll get more than, than one sack. I think you feel good about Eugene Asante if he comes back, which it sounds like that's closer. He's closer to coming back than leaving. Yeah. 
Cam Riley, similar situation. I expect Cam Riley to come back. And so you're you're three. You're at three right now. Yeah. Does Jason Jones get one or two next year? What happens with Rodgers? Can he take that next step? Can a I think Auburn's going to have to hit the portal first, uh, a starting caliber Jack linebacker as well. You got to think that yeah. player will do that. Um, does Keontae maybe, Scott, does Keontae get a couple next year if he comes back? That'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to use him like crazy if he comes back. So there's a lot of talented kids coming in. Joseph Phillips, they're going to give him reps. You got to think. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, we'll see. Jamonta Waller, we'll see if he can play day one. So I think I, I'm buying that too. Yeah, I kind of have visions of you You get some comfortable leads in non-conference games, and then you bring in this wave of young talent freshmen against a non-conference sure. team that's kind of done. The game's not in the balance, but now you got this explosive youngster who's ready to make a name for himself and, and ready to pop on the field. And he makes – like I think you can see two, three sacks on the year that just fit into that category. So, yeah, yeah, buy it. All right, Auburn is currently 11th in the on-three recruiting rankings. You buying or selling that they finish top eight come early signing day? I'm going to run out of money I'm buying so much stuff today. Um, yeah. Yep, I buy that too. This is – so the freeze warning that is is the marketing campaign that sounds good – it sounds good really any time of year, but uh, you hear more sure. and more of it at the start of the season, right? I think this is your time of the year for the freeze warning. I think this is when Hugh Freeze gets in living rooms, at kitchen tables. Um, the, these in this home is closing Hugh. season. Yeah, this is closing season. So uh, this is when I think that the, the Auburn head coach is at his strongest. And I think people are going to be – yeah, recruiting will, will not have been this exciting to talk about in a very long time. It'll be topped again next year at this time, I think. But – um, yep. I'll buy yeah. that. I mean, the fact that even some of these conversations are somewhat realistic, like KJ Bolden, the F the five-star FSU commit, like that's a fascinating one. It's seems like he it's, I think he's visiting Auburn and Georgia at this time of year. So uh, the fact that Auburn's in it this late for him, uh, same with LJ McCray, who is visiting FSU, uh, yeah, FSU and and Auburn, the Florida commit. I mean, that it's just it's huge. It's huge, Brad. So we'll see. Uh, I'm buying that too. I think they finished top eight come signing day. Yeah. All right, last one, and we don't spend a whole lot of time on this one. But Auburn has six players drafted in the 2024 NFL draft. It's a good. Number. We can walk through this together if you want, because it took me a second yeah. to kind of walk through this. So, so okay. you got Marcus Harris. I think he's getting drafted. Yeah. You have okay. Gunnar Britton. I think he's getting drafted. DJ I James, do, yeah. Nehemiah yep. Pritchett. Yeah. Then after that, I think it gets a little fuzzy. Like, does Elijah McAllister get drafted? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Jalen Simpson was the other one. So it's like, okay. does one of those guys outside of those five get drafted? Does an Elijah McAllister get drafted or somebody who's, you know, maybe flirting with leaving or not? Do they get drafted? Yeah. I think that's kind of what we're looking at. I will I will reluctantly sell that, um, but I think you may have somebody get a shot with with a club as a, I mean obviously guys will get chances as undrafted free agents, but I mean maybe somebody sticks. I think there's a better chance this year that somebody sticks as an undrafted yeah. free agent. Um, 
despite not, you know, getting actually drafted. So I will yeah, sell it, at six. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I think with us doing that, we're hinting that we believe that Jarquez Hunter comes back, that Rivaldo Fairweather comes back, that there's another one, that Keontae Scott comes yeah. back. So that's worth noting. That's yeah. worth noting. Buy, sell, brought to you by our buddy Ross Kilpatrick, Exit Realty Anchor South. Give him a call at 334-402-0028 or uh, stop by his office at 1922 Professional Circle Suite 202 over in Auburn. Time for a little six-pack action? Yeah, Village Vice six-pack, and there's only one football game this weekend, and so we'll get into some, some basketball talk. Um, Army-Navy, you know, from 2002 to 2015, Navy won every single year. Since 26, or starting in 2016, however, uh, Army has won five of the last seven. Army is a three-point favorite in this weekend's game. Who do you like and why? Yeah, we're uh, we're an Army family. The Black yeah. is an Army family. So, um, okay. yeah, go Army, beat Navy. Go Army, beat Navy. Uh, so I went to Annapolis a few years ago on a vacation. It's been over 10 years now. Was blown away. It's gorgeous. I love Annapolis. Um, you can't help but, but you know, have this great sense of pride and respect uh, when, you're, when you're walking around the area. Sure. Having said that, my dad is retired Army National Guard. So gonna 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 always lean a little bit toward army so with tremendous yep. respect for everybody in the military we're, we're picking the games so go army beat navy yep I'm the other you. games that we're going to talk about here zach are our basketball because that's it for for football and you don't care about the nfl this weekend because your patriots have already won so that's true that's true. Right, so Should they have won? I don't know, but they did win. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you still the feel, internet's failing you still me, feel good about the win, right? You take uh, it. It's fine. Yeah. It, it, it just continues to raise yeah. the question of why was Mac through. Jones? Why was Mac Jones starting for so long? So I'm going to quit talking now because we're overlapping. <laughs> All right. Let's see if it'll correct itself. Uh, this is a top 20 game in Knoxville tomorrow. Illinois is 7-1 and one and ranked number 20 in the country. Tennessee 17th at 5-3. and three. They're unbeaten at home. Fighting Illini volunteers. I'll go with the SEC. I'll, uh, I'll go with Tennessee to win this one. They've been a tad inconsistent, but almost every team in the SEC has been. But I'll, uh, I'll go with Tennessee to get it right. All right, how about another SEC Big Ten matchup? This one being played in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Alabama against number four, Purdue. And Zach Eady, that big monster on the inside for, for Purdue. Does Alabama have an answer for him? Can they counter with their guard play? What do we think? I think they totally could, Brad. I think they totally could. I do think Purdue's a tad overrated. I still think they're a top 10 team, but some people are saying they're the best team in college basketball. I don't know if I'm buying that, but I do think Purdue wins, but I would not be shocked if Alabama pulled this one out. Yeah. Purdue, pretty high scoring team. They're, they're a little bit off brand for the Big Ten. Big yeah. Ten basketball, you think 65 to 61, those types of games. Purdue is up there in the 80s and above for a lot of their games. So I do think they can keep pace with Alabama's scoring. Um, sure. What about uh, Wisconsin at Arizona? Arizona is your new number one team. Any chance Wildcats suffer their first loss of the year to a ranked Wisconsin team? I don't think so. I've watched Wisconsin a little bit this year, and and I've watched a good amount of Arizona. Uh, I, I think Arizona's 
rightfully so. I think they're ranked where they need to be. I, I'm not picking against them for a while. All right. I agree with you. By the way, I don't think I picked these other two games. I think Tennessee beats Illinois and Knoxville. I think Purdue gets the win over uh, over Alabama, and it, it may be pretty comfortably. Uh, what sure. about Arkansas? Arkansas goes to Tulsa. This is not in Norman, but they're playing Oklahoma. Porter Moser has got uh, the Sooners undefeated, 8-0, and ranked in the top 20. This is about the time of year that Arkansas, maybe another month or so, they, they have historically under Eric Musselman, started very slow. Lots of losses November and December. Uh, and then they figure it out, typically. So um, I, I think they don't figure it out just yet. I think Oklahoma gets this win. I think this is going to be our first one where we disagree on. I, I'm going to take Arkansas. I'm going to take Arkansas. I think this is the kind of game where Musselman gets his team up. Arkansas wins the big games. They do, and, they, and it pays off in the postseason, they're so good at winning tournament games because I think their coach knows how to put all the chips into the middle of the table when it matters most. And this is a big one. I think this one's going to matter a good bit. So I'll, I'll go with yeah. Arkansas here. All right. That's good. I respect that. There's some other pretty interesting games Saturday in the SEC. It's good LSU, weekend. Yeah. LSU hosts Kansas State. Missouri has a big opportunity at Kansas. Like Mizzou's been a little bit of a surprise so far uh, this year. I like their coach a lot. I think he's very good. Uh, but the the last game in our Village Vice six-pack, uh, Village Vice six-pack, of course, brought to you by our friends at manscaped.com, the best in men's grooming. Uh, where will the stockings be hung in your house? Have a little more confidence when you go hang those stockings with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, right? Uh, this helps to reduce nicks and reduce cuts and the risk thereof in your personal grooming experience. And don't just forget about the South Pole, guys, because when you've got a little, little no-shave November that carries over into the holiday season, the Handyman Compact Face Shaver, I just, look, I, I give it a little run through two, three times a week. It takes a few seconds. It's easy to clean, easy to use, easy to store, and has made a world of difference in, uh, uh, in in my weekly grooming routines. So manscaped.com, use the promo code VICE. You'll get 20% off plus free shipping. Manscaped.com, promo code VICE. All right, the last game in our Village Vice six-pack, Auburn and Indiana holiday hoops giving in Atlanta. The place is going to be jam-packed. I think it's going to be like a March atmosphere because I think both sides, it's going to be split pretty evenly, I think. And uh, this is a big matchup. Indiana is an impressive team. Indiana is an impressive team. And I don't think they thought this would happen. And, and all of a sudden, they just kind of keep winning games, both in conference and out of conference. So I, I think Indiana wins tomorrow, hmm. Brad. I, I'm taking Auburn to drop this one in Atlanta. Okay. It is very tough. Like Indiana's beaten Maryland. They won at Michigan. A couple of days ago, they're a 50% shooting team. They shoot 50%, and it's because they pound the ball on the inside. They have a couple of top-tier big men. Mm -hmm. Auburn has some pretty good talent in, in that front court as well, and that's the matchup to watch. Jani Broom against the fives for, for Indiana. They take less than a quarter of their shots from three. So they are. They're a, they're a pounded inside, drive-it type of team. I just don't think Auburn shoots as poorly as it did against Appalachian State. Mm -hmm. And I like the pace and the depth that Auburn will try to utilize to make the difference in the end. Now, they could trail. They could trail by double digits, and it wouldn't surprise me. But I think in the end, pace, 
and depth sure. are where Auburn have the has the advantages. And uh, so I like the Tigers in Atlanta. One of the most, uh, I think one of the most important stats to follow in this game will be how many personal fouls does Janai Broom have? We saw this in conference play consistently a year ago when when the opposing team had big, physical, imposing fives. Janai Mm -hmm. Broom would get fouled. Like he he would, he would, he would commit a lot of fouls. And then you, you got, you got to have him on the court Saturday to win this game. I think because of the style of play of both teams, I expect this game to take two and a half hours. I think it's a foul fest and look at free throw percentages maybe when it's all said and done. Good point. Yep. Good point. I'm with you. All right, Brad, it's going to be a fun weekend of basketball for sure. And, and, I always watch Army Navy as well as uh, as, yeah. as a lot of fans do. So I think that about does it for today's show, my friend. It does. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Remember, everyone has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours. Uh-huh.